This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, you know, having the ugliest sweater, that's really something to aspire to. Huh? <laughs> uh, something to really get excited about. So hopefully you'll jump on board with that. And uh, in, in the set, wonderful, this, you know, I, we ought to give the staff a great big round of applause. It's pretty good. <clears throat> I noticed that Morgan nearly got lost back there in the timber, but she did make her way and find her, find her way out of the whole deal. But anyway, listen, we're so glad to have all of you this morning. Uh, we're delighted that we can uh, have the privilege of communicate with you and uh, share something that we believe will be a blessing to you. So if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open it to the book of Isaiah, or if you use a device, uh, however it is that uh, you look at the Bible. Isaiah chapter 9, did I say, what did I say, 8? Oh, I just said Isaiah. Okay, well, then you figure it out, which, which chapter? No, actually, chapter 9. Yeah, Isaiah chapter 9. You can find that opening in your Bibles. And then uh, let's go ahead and pray. Uh, I want to, I've got quite a bit that I want to get covered, and I never have enough time, so the sooner the better. So let's pray together. Father, thank you. Uh, Our time together is precious, and I thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege of coming unhindered, unchecked, no one stopping us from what it is that we're doing here today, and we're so thankful for that liberty and freedom. But as we do so, Father God, we, we, uh, we recognize that we're living in the last days, And we thank you, Father, that we have the privilege as representatives of your kingdom, ambassadors, as the Bible says, to represent you in the earth. And so we thank you, Father, for what it is you've done to empower us, the authorization that you have given us within your kingdom to do kingdom business. And Father, I thank you for the reality of those truths living big within each and every one of us as we move forward into our future And not only that, but for the return of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Father, for your blessing today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Notice with me, if you will, this familiar portion of Scripture I know for all of us here. It says, for unto us, in verse 6, is a child born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon his, or upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth, even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord, hallelujah, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. How many of you know he's going to bring his word to pass? No word of God is void of fulfillment. You know, I want to talk to you this morning because because we live in this natural realm and the things that we see and all of the things there. I think a lot of times that spiritual things have a way of getting away from us, being indistinct. You know, because after all, all of these responses and things that we, you know, uh, deal with in our lives are this physical realm in which we live. But you know, there's a spiritual realm, and it's a very real realm. 
and one that all of us should be conscious of and aware of. And when we think about that, you know, the reality of the spiritual realm and its functions, they, like I said, they kind of get away from us. And it's like the old saying, out of sight, out of mind. You know, it's an invisible kingdom. So we can't see it. So we're not always necessarily that mindful of it. But the Bible does speak of a heavenly kingdom. And when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, part of the instruction was to say, your kingdom come and your will be done. So what I hope to, you know, impress upon you this morning is the simple fact that there's another invisible kingdom that is real, active and functional. We as believers, we belong to that kingdom. If you're born of the Spirit of God, you're part of that kingdom, part of God's family, subjects within that kingdom. And perhaps the most important thing is, is that that kingdom is coming again. You know, it's not like things have been put on hold, folks. There is functionality to the kingdom of God and and, uh, Christ's kingdom, even though, again, we don't always see that. And um, so I just want to talk to you about living with a consciousness. Or maybe I could say it this way, living with a conscious reality of his or Christ's heavenly kingdom because it's coming, you're a part of it, and it is coming. The reality in in its fullness is going to come. But thank God you and I right now, you know, we know, uh, at least I trust we know, some things that are true. And so I think it's important, you know, because when when you live with a conscious reality of his kingdom in your life, you know, you think differently, don't you? I mean, if you're cognizant of, of Christ and his kingdom, uh, maybe we, 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 we think a little different. We, we act a little different. Maybe we believe a little differently. In other words, it impacts us. But if we're not, well, then, you know, maybe we just throw caution to the wind. We don't worry too much about it. And we just kind of go down the road of life. I don't want you to do that. I want us to be mindful of these things. People in and of the world that you and I are living in, they're, they're influenced by all kinds of things. I mean, you know, popularity, culture, particularly culture this year, or this year, at this time, I mean, push, 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 push for things that are so ungodly and so unrighteous and so unjust, but it's going on. People are being influenced by it. And there's greed, there's money, there's immorality, there's lies, there's so-called success or all of these different kinds of things. Now, on the other hand, there are people who profess Christianity. You know, just because you go into a chicken house, that don't make you no chicken. Huh? The Bible says to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. So again, a lot of folk, they, they espouse Christianity, but there's no fruit on the tree. And so again, you know, a lot of times, you know, people who profess Christianity, they're influenced by all kinds of things. The things they're influenced by is basically popularity, culture, money, greed, immorality, lies, so-called success, hatred, you know, I mean, the whole enchilada. But thank God, as Christians, as believers, as children of God, you and I can live from a different perspective, an understanding and a reality. And the reality and perspective that I'm talking about is the kingdom of heaven. I'm not talking about being so spiritually minded you're no earthly good. 
What I want us to do is be cognizant of the fact that there is a heavenly kingdom, Christ's kingdom. It's coming and it is functional now. And so it's important for you and I to get our head and our heart wrapped around that. And of course, that's my intention uh, for us here today. So, you know, you might ask the question, well, why is that so challenging anyway? How come we have such a difficult time with that? Well, again, I believe that sometimes because we live so in the natural, um, we just, we're, we don't recognize it. We don't, we don't live after spiritual things. You say, well, what's that mean? I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about praying in the spirit. I'm talking about worshiping God. I'm talking about our being gathered here together today as we are. It's wonderful. Hallelujah. It puts us in that environment. But unfortunately, that environment is <clears throat> maybe two or 3% of our life. You say, well, I just can't go to church all the time. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about a living relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's what I'm talking about. And wherever that may manifest itself where our lives are concerned. So we live in the natural instead of the uh, spiritual. And like I said, you know, sometimes when people talk about spirituality, uh, they, they, they mess that up real bad. You know, in other words, they become so spiritually minded, they're really no earthly good. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Spirituality isn't that challenging or difficult. You know, if we'll just learn to follow what the Word of God has to say, and I don't have time to unpack that tonight, today. But as Christians, we often allow our flesh to dictate our thinking, our behavior, and speech. So thank God. Everybody say, thank God. We don't have to let that happen. That's why, you know, in Romans, you know, when Paul was writing, he says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed how? by the renewing of your mind. You gotta get your, you gotta change the way that you think. But again, the influences that we have within the world around us, you know, it, it just impacts us in that kind of way. But God wants us to live within his presence. We just got done singing it, you know, about being in his presence. Whether you realize, he said, when two or more gather together in my name, I'm there. Well, I'd say he's here. You know, but we're not always so very mindful of those kinds of things. And so I believe that God wants us to live that way. Now, <clears throat> you would say, you might say to yourself, well, what's that look like where our lives are concerned? Um, I'd say to live victoriously, not defeated, not whipped, not negative, not cynical, not critical. Huh? Come on. Am I in the right house? You know, there's a different place that he wants us to live. Anybody can criticize. Anybody can be resentful. Anybody can be unforgiving, all of those. But see, child of God, you are not called to live your life in that way. He wants you to live above that. He wants you to live victoriously over those things where your life is concerned. And here's the good news. You can do it because he's empowered you. He's given you everything that you need to live with character and integrity, not dominated by the flesh, to be people of our word. You know, our word should be our bound. I was just talking with someone, we were at a party and they were talking about a particular company here close by. And last month they hired 50 new people, 50. And in 30 days time, there were only three of those 50 left. I mean, come on, what is, the, what is going on? Well, a whole lot of things. But I can just tell you right now, when you sat down, you say, yeah, I'd like to have a job, and three days later you're gone, uh, I think we're missing the forest for the trees here. 
So we need to do that. But to live in peace, to live in joy, to live without heartache and defeat, to live as overcomers, not those that are being overcome. You know, here's the thing, you guys. You and I have been authorized by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to live as representatives in this earth. Everybody say this together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But you know, that's not always the way we talk. It's not always the way we act. You know, we acquiesce to things that are going on, you know, and then we want to feel sorry for ourselves. I tell you what, misery loves company and so does the devil. You know, and you see it everywhere where people, you know, are just, they're all downtrodden, you know, and then, and all of a sudden, you know, you hear this victim kind of uh, ideology and thinking going on. You're not a victim. You are a victor. The king is coming. Hallelujah. And being subject to him and, and of him, you, again, can do all things through him who, hallelujah, strengthens you. Let's go back to our text a little bit. I don't, you know, I think I was really concerned because I knew I'd have you for a little bit because of the sugar hit. <laughs> but then I knew, you know, after about so long, man, a little warm heat, you know, and look at, look at Yoder. He's over there. He's yawning. He's in trouble, you know. So, Angela, help me if you can. All right. Notice with me this scripture. It says, for unto us. A child is born. That speaks of Christ's humanity. He says, a child is born. For unto us a son is given, which speaks of his deity. So it speaks both of his humanity and his deity. And then it goes on to say, and the government or the rule shall be upon his shoulder. Hallelujah. And his name shall be called um, wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. I want to read it from, uh, where do I want to read it from? I got to tell you, my, uh, my printer went rogue on me this morning. And so I, I got a mess up here, but I'm going to get her done. Hallelujah. I want to read it from the New Living Translation. It says it this way. Listen to it. Just listen. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. You say, well, I sure wish he would come quickly. Well, don't we all? Hallelujah. But nevertheless, here we are. It goes on then to say, um, now listen to this. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. It's going to happen. As a matter of fact, it's happening. It's just that you and I aren't aware of that. So... Listen, when, when the promise of his coming was fulfilled, which we're about to celebrate, when that happened, it changed everything. And you know as well as I do, the devil did everything he could to keep him from coming into this earth-born existence. 
And not only that, but he did everything he could to destroy his life while he was here. Guess what? He didn't get it done. And thank God he fulfilled all of the righteous requirements of his heavenly father and gave his life as a ransom for all so that you and I could be here today and have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that this morning? So it really was a game changer when he came into this, this world. Isaiah speaks of a heavenly kingdom or a government in which there will be no end. Now, I, I want to, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, when you take up um, preparing, studying, you know, uh, to communicate a message to people, you know, and you, you start looking through the uh, Word of God, and particularly the New Testament, it's amazing how much there is within it that talks about the kingdom of God. Now, it's interesting because you remember on the day of Pentecost, when Peter stood up to pray, the Bible says, being full of the Holy Ghost, he began to preach. He said, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he went on and talked about the things that Joel had promised. And then as he was going down through this, you know, they came under conviction. They said, what do we need to do? And this is what the scripture says. Peter responded to them and listen to what's being said here. Sometimes, you know, we read the Bible, but we're not hearing what's, what's being said. He said, repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Did you know times of refreshing are coming? Hallelujah. It goes on to say, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which was before preached unto you. Now listen to this verse. Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution or restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Now, why am I saying this to you? Because, because in the plan of God, God planned that he would come to this earth, that he would die for the sins of the world, that he would be raised from the dead, and then after you know the 40-day period, he would be received up into heaven, where the Bible tells us that he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. And then it talks about in this, you say, well, how come all that? Why didn't he just finish this thing up a week ago? If that would have happened, you wouldn't be here. So be glad, right. Now, I don't understand in the plan of God how all of this is working, but I am telling you, there is a work in the establishment and the rule and reign of God's kingdom going on right now. It doesn't look like it in the world in which you and I live. There's all kinds of chaos. There's all kinds of hectic things going on and this and that and the other and confusion and all of the matters that we deal with on a daily kind of basis. But all the while, that scripture right there tells us that he has been, is being held in reserve, if you want to call that, until the restoration or, uh, yes, a restoration of all things. So I don't want you to be discouraged by what's going on. That's, he said, when you see these things, lift up your head, baby, because it's coming. Huh? Now, here's another verse of Scripture for us to consider. This comes from the Apostle Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He makes this statement, and it's, it's in the context he's talking about in chapter 15. He's talking about the resurrection of the dead. 
all right? And we really don't have time to talk about that either. But in that context, he says, then comes the end. When he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God. And he's talking about Jesus in the end will deliver up the kingdom to God. All right? And then it goes on to say, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. For he must reign, now listen, till he has put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So while you may not understand what in the world is going on, I can tell you what's, what's going on, he's coming again. And all of these alignments, all of these alliances, you know, that are being made by nations, I tell you what, every one of them are going to bow down before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and declare that Jesus is Lord. And his kingdom will come. So that's why you and I as believers need to be faithful to what it is he's called us to do. What did he say? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be condemned. It is not your responsibility whether or not a person chooses to receive Christ or not. It's simply your responsibility to tell them. Are you listening to me? You say, well, that's not always a real comfortable thing, you know, to have to be involved in. Well, the reality is, is that they have a choice of maybe making heaven or hell. And you could be the mouthpiece or the spokesperson to say, hey, do you really know him? Because like I said earlier, there's a lot of people that profess Christianity, but they've never, ever received him as their Lord and Savior in their heart. It's a head thing. And you know that. I mean, I'm not, I'm preaching to the choir here a little bit, but, but uh, here's the thing, you guys. We are citizens of that kingdom. The Bible says that our citizenship is in heaven. Huh? You say, well, I'm an American. Hallelujah. Well, thank God I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. You know? And it's important for us to understand those things. So I just want to bring to the forefront of your thinking that you belong. You belong to a heavenly kingdom that is both eternal and powerful. So it's not about what's going on here in this world, even though we are very interested in that. Why? Because it impacts our life. It affects us. But you have to understand, again, that it's not about what's going on in this world. It's about what's going on in his kingdom. And over 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 again, he continually told us not to trouble ourselves about everything that's going on in this world. I'll take care of you. You say, yeah, but I don't have this, and I don't have that, and I don't have... Forget about it. Did you know (laughs) that all of the things of this world are coming to an end? You say, well, I don't like that very much. You will. I said you will. The reason you don't think you like it very much is because you're so attached and so tied to the things of this world. But if we would become more kingdom-minded, more spiritually-minded where the kingdom of God is concerned, then we wouldn't be so tied to all of the things that are going on because it's all going to pass away. 
And that's not to suggest, you know, that we don't have to function within the world. God's well aware of that. He said, you ch- I tell you what, here's some good advice. Uh, just seek first my kingdom and its righteousness and all these things will be what? What's the word? One more time. Added unto you. It is your father's good pleasure, hallelujah, to give you the kingdom. Are you listening to me? How many of you are still glad you came? Nudge your neighbor because I think the sugar is worn off, okay? So I want to ask you an important question here this morning. What is it that you're mindful about? Well, dear God, don't you know that inflation's out the roof? Well, that's what they say. And yes, we have definitely been impacted by it. I just got my charge card. How many of you ever get your charge card? You're going, whoa, huh? Why? Because everything's more expensive. It's real. There's no question about it. But yet, right on the other hand, he said he'd take care of us, didn't he? Amen. So if we need more, he'll give us more. So what is it that you're mindful about? Well, I don't like my mother-in-law. Well, neither do I. But you, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. You know, I mean, some of the things that we 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 tie ourselves up into are are so um, futile, and and we give ourselves to this stuff and our thought life and all of that. Why? Because again, we live in this now. Well, did you hear what they said? Well, yeah, but you know, Jesus gave us some instruction about what to do about that. You say, well, what did he say? He said, pray for them. You say, I don't much want to. Well, it doesn't make any difference what your flesh wants to do. This is what he, is he Lord of your life? And by golly, praise God, you better get down there and pray for him. Why? Because they really do need your prayers. Huh? Boy, this is such good preaching. You know, Pastor Brian, you know, he preaches these messages, you know, and teaches you how to live, and it's just really awesome, and then I come along, you know. But we need it all, don't we? I said we need it all. Hallelujah. Let me ask you this question. Y'all doing all right? You know, let me ask you this question this morning. What was the first thing that Jesus began to teach when, when his ministry began at the age of 30. Think about it with me for a minute. What is the first state? In other words, you know, a lot of times whatever the, 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 the opening line is or whatever the beginning message is, there must be some uh, level of priority or importance on that. Isn't that right? Well, if you back up into the ministry of John the Baptist, he came, you know, he's out there eating locusts and wild honey and dude I, I guarantee you this guy was some kind of a wild cat you know and and what's he preaching repent why because the kingdom of god is near well if it was near then where are we at now huh well you know he preached that and uh, talked about bringing forth fruits under repentance to those that he was preaching to, and Herod threw him in prison. And pretty soon, actually, after that, he lost his life for the sake of the gospel. But when he was incarcerated, when he ended up in prison, the Bible tells us that Jesus picked that message up. In Matthew chapter 4 and 17, he said, repent, repent because the kingdom of God is near. 
um, <clears throat> got to find out where I'm at in my notes here because, like I said, my thing went everywhere. So when we say the kingdom of God is near or we see it, say it's at hand, what does that mean? It means it's close. Okay, it means uh, it's, it's upon you. One translation says the kingdom has arrived. He said today this scripture is fulfilled in your ear. There's stuff going on right now, you guys, in our lives, praise God, because the kingdom of God is advancing steadily forward to its completion. And I'm telling you, when Jesus comes, what a deal. But in the meantime, here we are. So it's important for us to understand. Jesus made this statement. He said, I must preach the gospel, or I should, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities for or because therefore I am sent. So in other words, you know, when he first started his ministry, they wanted to retain or restrain him from going. I mean, he's healing the sick and, and getting the uh, devils, you know, people are getting set free. They don't want him to leave. But he said, I have to preach, listen, the kingdom of God in other cities. And that's what he went on to do. For because that's why I was sent. Well, we have been sent. You have been sent. So that we too can speak of the kingdom of God, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you listening to me? Amen. Is this doing all right for you? I mean, are you getting something out of this? You know, you say, well, that kind of challenges me. Great. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the whole idea. So, you know, whether you realize it or not, and, and this is so important for us to get a grip on you guys, whether you realize it or not, the mysteries of his kingdom are precious. He said, to you it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And to those that are without or unregenerate, all these things are done in secret. That seeing they won't see, hearing they won't hear. You know, the reason that you have the privilege of being able to see is because you had sense enough to bow your heart, yield and submit yourself to him. And then he opened the door for you to be able to know what you know. Are you with me? Blessed are your eyes, blessed are your ears because you see and you hear. And those things are precious. What I'm talking to you about here today, most people would not give five cents for or give two seconds worth of time to what it is that I'm talking to you about. And yet, in their future, this kingdom is coming and they are not going to have a clue unless you and I tell them about it. So the things that we, we, we know when it comes to his kingdom and the mysteries of that kingdom, they are precious. Here's some things that Jesus said. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sows good seed in the field, in his field. He said this, the kingdom of heaven is like mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid three measures of meal until it was all leavened. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. You say, well, yeah, okay, but what's all that about? What it's really talking about is, is that it is, you know, parables are an earthly story that reveals to you and I a spiritual truth. And so when he's talking about all these things, you know, about the kingdom of heaven being like, the kingdom of God is within you. It's not out here. It's in your heart. 
And these are heart issues that he's talking about. You know, when, when, when the, when, uh, in the one parable that he talks about where he brought his stewards to him and he gave the talents, you know, he gave five to this one, two to this one, one to that one. It's a story about people's hearts and what they do with what it is that they have been trusted with where the kingdom is concerned. Does that make sense to you? You know, so, so when we read the scriptures and we read about the kingdom of God, that's, that's where we have to, you know, ask ourselves, you know, the ten virgins, five were wise, five were what? Foolish. Okay. So what did the five do or the five wise ones do? They made sure that they had a supply, that they had plenty while they waited for the bridegroom. Well, what did the other five, the foolish ones did? Ah, you know, just take enough, you know, we'll kind of get by here, do the best we can here on this whole spiritual thing. You know, we go to church once in a while, you know, that ought to be good. You know, just stamp it. We're done. Are you with me? That's not the way he called you and I to live. And so it's important that we understand that. And the things that Jesus spoke of, you know, in the word of God, it's a revelation. It is a revealing of that kingdom. And that's why we really need to take and place more value on the Bible. Are you with me? And not let so many other things get in the road. Listen, you know, I, I hope that this isn't coming across you know, as a heavy, heavy hang over your head. But if I can, if I can draw you down in your thinking to say, you know, maybe I need to, maybe I do need to rethink this a little bit. Maybe all this other stuff in that. There's so many distractions, you guys. I mean, there's everything in the world that is clamoring for our attention. Pastor Brian was preaching about it here in the last few weeks. And we just need to unplug from some of this stuff. Are you listening to me? Too many things become too important for us and then we miss out on it. But listen to me, everything, everybody say everything. Everything Everything is about his kingdom. It's not about whether or not you're going to amass a great deal of asset and you're going to have a big pile that you have to figure out what you're going to do with or who you're going to give it to. That's not what it's about, you know? It's not about this or that or the other, and not that those things in and of themselves are wrong. That's not really what I'm, I'm trying to say or preach, but sometimes our priorities and our values, they get so screwed up because pretty soon you're going to breathe your last breath. And you know, it, it gets down to the short rows. My brother is in a hospital right now in ICU. You know, he's um, 80. He'll be 81 the same day I turn 68 in December here this month. And, you know, when you see your brothers uh, there in that uh, bed, you come to realize that, uh, you know, uh, there is an appointment for every one of us to pass from this life to the next. And, you know, because I'm his executor, I immediately start thinking about, okay, now, bear in mind, I'll I'll give you the fast track to this. He's going to recover, okay? (laughs) He's not going to, you know, but I think about... You know, okay, so that now there's this distribution of this and how is this all going to be and I don't know where any of this stuff is and how am I supposed to, you know, that's what I think about because I said yes and I'm responsible. So when he gets better, we're going to have a talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but from, from, from his perspective, one breath, he's one breath as, as are all of us from eternity, okay? 
And none of that stuff's going to matter anymore. So, as we move forward, we really do think about, we need to think about those people that are around us and the people that we love. I know maybe you've already talked to them. They say, listen, I don't want to hear that. I had a neighbor one time, I went to pitch the gospel for him, or to him, and um, he said, um, I've only been in church one time and it was when I was married and I'm not interested in any of that. Well, what are you gonna do with that? Well, you know what? Just a few days ago, he, he, he entered into eternity. It leaves you wondering. You say, well, you know, I, I, I really don't want you to talk about all these things because, I, you know, this is like, you know, heavy, heavy hanging over your head. Yes, it is, because it's a real, it's reality, you know. And I know you're on the right side of the equation, and I thank God for that, but there's a whole host of humanity that are not. And so it just is incumbent upon us. But again, you know, in the world we live, people are so selfish, it's all about them. Social media, all you gotta do is look at social media for crying out loud, dude, come on. How many posts can you post? I'm not even on, I'm not on Facebook, never have been, never gonna be, don't care. You know, you say, yeah, but you're out of it. I'm okay with being out of it. Are you with me? Yeah, but then you don't know what's going on. Great, great, I think that's really good. You say, yeah, but you're old. Well, no, I'm not old, I'm older. Huh? Maybe I'm the smart one in the bunch. I don't know. Are you listening to me? But if you look at it, you know, um, it's all about me. Well, listen, it's not all about you. You know, the world has preached this to, to culture, to the people, and that's all they think about. They just think about themselves. So they live selfishly. You get into a married relationship, if you don't do it the way I want it, then we're done, you know? There's no commitment, there's no vow, there's no, there's no honor, because why? Because it's all about me. Listen, it's not about you, and I don't mean to get off in this, but I'm uh, you know, kind of moving that direction. And you just need to uh, <laughs> put down your rocks, you know? You got to thank God for him. Well, I don't want to thank God for him. Are you kidding me, man? Give me trouble. Well, I remember one time uh, our spiritual father, uh, Kenneth E. Hagan, was talking about the price that he had to pay as one who was called as a prophet into the ministry, and he had a traveling ministry, and Aretha, his wife, um, a lot of times ended up having to stay home, take care of the kids and see to it that they were in school and whatever. And, uh, and it was a hard life. And it was particularly hard for them because they were preaching the gospel as you and all of you are, are hearing today. Their sacrifice gives you what it is that you are, have been made aware of and have the privilege of living in because they, they, they sacrificed a lot and they did um, without a lot. And she was home one time, and she was complaining in her heart about dad being gone. We call him dad. About dad being gone. And she was ironing. And while she was ironing, she heard the Lord speak to her and say, you know, I could take him where you'd never see him again. 
And she said that in that moment, she put the iron down and she went to her knees and said, oh God, please forgive me. I will never complain. I will never say another word about his being gone or anything the longest day that I live. Why do I share that with you? I share it with you because you are blessed more than you could ever know. And so while you have the temptation to complain about all kinds of things, you just need to let it go because you could be in a whole different circumstance. Are you listening to me? Be thankful for what you have. No, life isn't perfect and life isn't fair. I mean, there's stuff that goes on that just isn't fair at all, but you are blessed by him and that's what you need to keep your focus on. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn with me to John chapter 18, and I'll try to bring this to a close. Um, John chapter 18. I trust that you're glad you came today. My heart has been to, to just help making all of us cognizant of what it is that's going on in the world in which we have the privilege of living in. Amen. Hallelujah. Here's something that uh, Jesus said, and I've shared this before, but it, it, it bears repetition in the context of what we're talking about. This is when he is about to be crucified. He is presently within the hands of Pilate, okay? And, um, and so Pilate is interrogating him. Pilate really doesn't want to have anything to do with it. He knew that because of envy and jealousy and everything else that the Jews had delivered him Jesus to him, so he had to have this conversation with him. And you'll notice with me, if you look at chapter 18, let's start with verse 33. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again. He had already had a conversation with him. And he called Jesus, he said to him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, do you say this of yourself or did someone else tell you, uh, tell, tell you of me? Verse 35, Pilate said, I, am I a Jew? In other words, do I even care? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered and made this statement. Listen to it. He said this, my kingdom is not of this world. He said, <clears throat> if my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight um, that I should not be delivered unto the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from thence. So Pilate therefore said to him, well, so are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. Well, you know, that, that, that whole thing got Pilate spooked. He went back out to the window there and he says, dude, there ain't nothing wrong with this guy. And they said, if you don't crucify him, we're going we're gonna to tell Herod or we're going to tell Caesar about you. Well, so he ended up crucifying. He said, you do what you want. You know, the whole story where he went and washed his hands. You know, as a as a basically a a, a figure of uh, uh, physical whatever, saying I'm washing my hands of this. You can do whatever you want, mm -hmm. but he was still guilty. Mm -hmm. He didn't care. 
And they killed him. They crucified him. But it was part of the plan and the process that God had. But I want you to note that he said, my kingdom's not of this world. Listen, my friends, listen, one more time, just let me tell you this. His kingdom is functioning. It's coming. And we're a part of that. And so it, it, it is incumbent upon us, and, and, and we should be, you know, moved toward thinking along those lines. Are you with me? In other words, you know, let him in. You know, they, you know, they sing all those songs about letting Christ in during the holiday. Well, we ought to do that all the time. Are you with me? And live in such a way. Now, you know, you got time for one more. Turn back to the third chapter of John. I'll just, you know, you had sustenance before we started, so you should be good for a bit anyway, huh? Chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night, and he said to him, Rabbi or teacher, we know that you're a teacher that has come from God. No one can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So don't be amazed or marvel not that I say unto you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it lists or where it will, and you hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it came from or where it's going. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit of God. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can this be? Now listen to this. Jesus answered and said to him, he says, are you a master or teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? <laughs> Notice what he goes on then to say. He says, Verily I say unto you, we speak what we know, testify to what we've seen, and you don't receive our witness. Now listen to this verse. This is where I wanted to get to. If I have told you of earthly things and you don't believe them, how will you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And I think in a lot of ways, you know, um, that's where a lot of us find ourselves, you know. We say, well, show me a sign. Remember, they always wanted to see a sign. Show me a sign. You know, if you're really who you are, show me a sign. You know, he said, I'm not giving you any signs. The only sign you've got has already been given to you. Why? Because they're full of doubt and unbelief. They don't believe anything. You know, oh, God, if you would just this or that, you don't need a sign. You need his word, and you need to believe what it said because it's true. And that's where the power of God comes and makes a difference in our lives and manifests itself when we choose to believe him instead of everything else that's going on around us. Can you say amen? amen. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they, you know, they wanted them to bow and they said, we are not bowing. We, we, we don't have to take time to talk about this. You know, uh, uh, what's this guy's name? Nebuchadnezzar? Was that the guy? Yeah. So we don't have time to talk about this, or we don't need to talk about this. We are not going to bow down. 
Our God, listen to this, our God will deliver us. You can't say that unless you know him. And you've been with him. And you're cognizant of him. And that his kingdom is living big on the inside. He says, our God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down. Well, you know the rest of the story, man. He was enraged and everything, you know. And, and, uh, but guess what? Jesus crawled into that furnace with them. He says, there looks like, there looks like one that, that looks like the Son of God. Hallelujah. What's that mean to you and me? We're not going to bow and we're not going to burn. And when you get in a hot spot, he'll be there with you, praise God. But you know, you won't do that. You'll cave like a bad habit if you don't get a hold of what it is that the Word of God is saying to us. Can you say amen? Amen. And so we have the, the privilege again of being able to represent him. And I tell you what, you can do it. Why? Because he's in you. Yes. Glory to God. And we just need to be more mindful of that. So let, let me unpack this and I'll try to close. I don't get to do this very often, you know, so I got to go for it. Notice what he said. He said, you've got to be a teacher that's come from God. Nobody can do the things you do except God's with him. So Jesus' response to that was, he said, unless a man is born again, he cannot what? No, he didn't say enter. He did later in the verse. But the first time he said, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's why I ask you, you know, what are you mindful of? What is it that you see? Are you seeing all of the chaos and all the messed upness and everything, you know, and perversions and immorality and everything like that that's going on in the world? Or are you seeing him? So he just said, you know, unless you're born of the Spirit of God, you can't see it. Well, thank God, how many of us here today are born of the Spirit of God? Well, then you can see it, huh? And you can understand the reality of it. Now, again, he did go on then and say uh, in uh, verse 5, he said, except a man be born of water and spirit, he can't enter into the kingdom of God. So the new birth is, is all-inclusive, but you can't see it. I hope today that what I've shared with you has helped you to see the reality of his kingdom and that you, along with myself, that we will look to him, that we will put ourselves in a place to seek his kingdom, to know his kingdom, to understand the functionality of his kingdom. And when we feel like that we can't forgive, we can look to the word of God and say, oh yes, I can. And when we feel like, you know, that we want to hold on to some form of resentment or we want to envy, you know, whatever it is that may be going on in someone else's life, we can say, no, I choose to be a part as a subject of the kingdom of God and do what it is that he wants me to do. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. You'll all have opportunities. Maybe you got an opportunity right now. You know, maybe Thanksgiving wasn't very good for you. You ran into one of your in-laws, outlaws, whatever they, you call them, a family member, and it went poorly. And since, when was that, the 23rd? Here we are clear up on, a, on the 3rd of December and you're still thinking about it. Well, don't you think today might be a good day to uh, maybe leave that somewhere else? Amen. Say, oh, thank God that wasn't me because, you know, you'd been reading my mail. Well, there's probably some other area I could talk to you about, you know. I mean, can't we talk about all of us, huh? Are we not all fallible? 
But yet right on the other hand, you guys, come on, let's, let's pursue this. Let's, let's, let's put one foot in front of the other to be uh, the people that God has called us to be. Can you say amen? All right, bow your heads. Matter of fact, why don't you stand with me and we'll pray together. <clears throat> well, I didn't get done. So if I would have had notes, you know, like Pastor Brian has, you'd have a whole bunch of empty blanks. Okay. I want to read uh, two scriptures to you uh, before we pray that will, I think, um, bless you. This is the first one. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thanks, we thank you, we give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and you have reigned. The nations were angry, your wrath has come, and the time of the dead, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets, and the saints. And those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. And then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives unto the death. And therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. You see everything that's going on in the world today, it's nothing but hell's wrath. You see all of the things that are going on in these worlds and people, you know, nations and things of that nature that are going on. You know, something dramatically changed back in 19, when that whole COVID thing hit, you know, all of that. I don't know, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just one of them guys, but a lot has changed. It's like a floodgate got opened. Well, dear friends, there's a heavenly kingdom that is ruling, reigning. Now, everything, nothing's changed for it. And thank God you can just rejoice that you're a part of it. Can you say amen? And then when we keep our eyes on that, I really, you know, I admonish you, I encourage you. I, I don't even know any other way to say it, but we really need to focus our attention on Him, okay? Give ourselves to Him. If we've got stuff in our lives that doesn't belong there, we need to get rid of it. It's not, it, it's just not even worth it. So bow your heads with me for just a moment. Father, I love you so much, and I thank you that you have seen fit to unveil and to reveal to us a kingdom that is coming. It's your kingdom. 
and it is fully functional. It's active even now. You said in your word that Jesus must reign until there is a restoration of all things. And God, I know that's going on even as we speak. And we stand before you here this day, Father, as your children, as those who have been called by your name. And God, today we are so thankful for what we know and for what we see and the eyes that you've given to us within the recesses of our heart. Help us, God, to live by those things. Help us to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying inside of us instead of all of the noise and the clamor of this world. Father, I ask you to give peace and rest to this congregation of people, those perhaps watching online. Grant unto them that which has been given to them. Help them, Father, to take hold hallelujah, of what it is that belongs to them. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Let's just take a moment here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, Father, it's in moments like these that you can speak to our hearts. And God, I ask you to do just that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're so grateful. God, we have come into a time such as this And you've made it known to us and really very clearly that your kingdom is coming. Help us to be mindful of that, Lord. Not only be mindful, Father, but to function as you would have us to in these last days. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So while your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed and you know, if somehow or another within the context of what we've communicated today that you recognize that you need to make a heart adjustment, that's, that's the best way to say it. Say, I need to let this go. I need to forgive them. I need to, you know, do this differently. I mean, whatever it might be. If you're here while you're standing there before the Lord, and no one needs to know, I mean, it really is just between you and Him, but if you find yourself in that place and you say, Pastor, uh, I'm that person and, I, and I, I acknowledge not only my need, but my desire to make that adjustment. Can I see your hand wherever you are? Thank you, bless you. Yeah, 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 that's good. Lots of you, thank you. This is the way that, that God would have you to live. Anybody else before we pray together? Yes, thank you, sir. You can put your hand down once you've raised it. Anyone else? I'm not fishing for anything. You, you guys, I'm just wanting to help you. Because one thing that happens is, is that we know we need to do things, but we don't. we don't. We don't pause. We don't take time. We don't stop and just say, God, I got to make this right. It's just like Aretha, you know, when, when the Lord spoke to her and said, I could take him someplace where you'd never see him again. I mean, in that moment, she dropped to the floor and asked him, 
to forgive her. Hallelujah. You say, but I don't feel like it. It's not about the way you feel. It's about a choice because you know it's right. God will give you the feelings if you'll make the decision to do it. That's what faith is. Anyone here before we pray? Thank you, Jesus. All right, thank you. I see another hand there. Yeah, thank you. Pray this prayer with me, church. Everybody pray out loud. Those of you that raised your hand, you just, you let your heart agree with this prayer. Just let it come right out of your spirit. Say this with me, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today because I know you love me. And I ask you to help me where my life is concerned, where my spiritual life is concerned. Father, as a matter of my will, I make the decision to forgive, to adjust my heart to what is right, right here, right now. And I thank you for your amazing grace. Forgive me, Lord, for harboring anything that would cause harm. And I thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Now I'd like for you to go ahead and just be seated if you would, but I would still like for you to remain in an attitude of prayer. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You know, I don't wanna get, <laughs> I don't wanna get to heaven and find out that people that I had the privilege of being able to communicate to never really surrendered their heart to Jesus. They came to church, you know, they did all the things that people do and this and that and the other, but they, I don't want it to be said of any person that Jesus would announce, I never knew you. So again, I'm not after anything other than my interest in your spiritual well-being. But if you've never ever, as Jesus described, been born again, you've never really absolutely, completely surrendered your heart to him, I wanna give you that chance, that's all. I, I, again, I'm not, it doesn't make any difference. There's no fe feathers that get stuffed in my hat, whether you raise your hand or respond or not. It's just because I love you and I want there to be an assurance. If you're not sure about your being born of the Spirit of God and being a child of God, let's, let's take care of that right now. Because the Bible says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, while your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. If you've never really made that commitment, just, just ask yourself, you know, look, look to your own heart. If you've never made the commitment, you say, Jesus, I know I need you. I want you to come in my heart and be the Lord of my life. Can I see your hand wherever you are? Anyone, as I look in this crowd, you've never asked him to come in. Maybe you're those of, there is one, all right, thank you. 
Maybe there are those that are watching online, you never really made a commitment to Christ. This is your opportunity. You can pray this prayer. We're gonna pray it together with this one that raised their hand here in our congregation. And you know, it'll change your life, but it does require that you give him all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. I hope you'll do that. So while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, is there anyone else that we've missed before we pray? We're gonna pray with the one that raised their hand here uh, in the congregation. And we're gonna help, uh, I guess you would say, lead them to the Lord. So as a congregation, pray with me this prayer again out loud. Say this with me, dear Heavenly Father. I come to you today and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I choose to make you my Savior. And I thank you for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can all look up here at me. You know, I, I realize today's message maybe again was a bit weighty, but we're kind of living in those days, you guys. We'll have chances, you know, to swing from the chandeliers and shout hallelujah and all that. That'll be great too, but you know, we're, we're, we're in this press. And, and so I guess my heart is, how do I take a group of people and, and bring them to him? Because he's the only one. I mean, he is our help. He's the only one that can solve all this mess. Government's not gonna do it. Men are not gonna do it. None of that, you know? Everything's drawing to a close, and you and I have a part to be uh, in that. Now, before we dismiss, let me mention, there was a person that raised their hand and responded. We would love for you, uh, we, first of all, we'd like to congratulate you on the decision that you've made, but then we'd also love to be able to put some things into your hands. So we're gonna dismiss here in just a little bit, and we have a number of uh, people that provide spiritual guidance here within the church. They'll be right over here in this area. And I know this takes a lot of courage, dude. Okay, I get it. But on the other hand, it would be so wonderful if you'd say, I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna get some of that stuff. Because what it'll do is it'll help you begin you know, your step, we're not here to embarrass you, we just wanna help you, you know, so please understand that. So I, I, I um, encourage you to have the courage. Say, yeah, I'm gonna go get that stuff. And introduce yourself and they'll, they'll talk with you a little bit, pray with you if you need that, and they'll help you. Now, if you were in the congregation, you didn't raise your hand, but you should have, maybe you should go down there and say, you know what, I didn't pray that, pr I mean, I didn't raise my hand, but I prayed that prayer. They'd love to give you some things as well. Help you get started in your walk. You know, we love you guys, hallelujah. Want the best for you. And this is the, uh, the step, I guess you would say, that makes that possible, amen. Praise God. Listen, one more thing before we close. I, I, ch I chainsawed, oh, we have communion today? Yes. <laughs> okay, let's do communion, we can do that. But let me tell you the story. I want you all to go out in the foyer at some point and get your picture taken in front of that pile of wood because I cut it, okay? Now, I didn't put it up. You know, Scott and Pastor Brian and Aaron and I think, that, was there another person? Jason, a boy. Look at his pipes, man. You can tell he's been, you know, yeah, hallelujah. But anyway.
something Jesus said, you know, before he went to the cross to suffer that I want to emphasize to you. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And then he said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. But one of the things that he said that I, I want to emphasize before we take this today is, is that, listen, listen to what he said. Does anybody else not have one? Anybody out without? Okay, all right. Listen to what he said. He said, this cup is the New Testament or the New Covenant in my blood. So it represents the New Testament as you and I know it. It represents new life. It represents being born of his spirit. It represents having his life. So let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for what we hold in our hand that represents both your broken body and your shed blood. And Father, we thank you that you bore the stripes upon your back, that by them we could be healed. And we thank you so much for the redemption that's represented in these elements today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may partake of the bread. And then you may partake of the cup. Thank you, Father. You're so, so, so very good to us. We are so grateful for the life that we have in you. God, help us to live in a way that is honorable to you. I thank you for the strength and the ability that you have given to us to do so. And God, in these days, weeks, and even months ahead, let us live life to its fullest within the canopy of your love. Hallelujah, your presence and your blessing. And we thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you all please stand with me? And again, the person that raised their hand, or if you didn't raise your hand, but you wish you would have, if you would come over here, the guy, the people, I should say, will be there and they'd love to uh, minister to you. Okay, greet those around you. You may be dismissed. Have a great week, you guys. Bless you.